When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. It is our number three of the Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. We're going to be hitting upon a little bit of everything here in our number three as we're going to be hitting upon some baseball. Going to give you guys my thoughts on World Series game number one. We're going to be hitting upon this week's UFC fight card with Spencer Kite in about 15 minutes. He does a great job over there at Severe MMA. He's also a writer over there at UFC doing some of their work over there as a contributor for them and then on top of that, we're going to be hitting upon a little bit of college basketball as well before we wrap up the show. So we've got it all going on here, and we're going to be starting out by taking a look at Game 1 of the World Series and my DK Nation pick because it is back in our lives. We had no games on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. Great work, Major League Baseball there, but... That said, we are back at it on Friday. I think that this is going to be a good World Series. I would not be thinking that we're going to be seeing a sweep or anything like that, but I do like the Houston Astros in this series. If you'd be looking at an exact, I personally don't really play futures. I really don't take a look at anything in terms of really the futures board, but if I were to be taking a look at a little bit of a plus money number, once again, something I personally did not bet, but... I'd be taking a look at the Houston Astros to win in six games as a personal prediction for this one. And a lot of spots I was seeing that right around about a plus 350 or so. So there is that. But with that said, let's dive into this game of the Phillies and the Houston Astros with the Astros throwing out there Justin Verlander. And then you've got Aaron Nola is going to be going for the Phillies. And with the Phillies, they're between a plus 140 to a plus 154 underdog. When it comes to the Astros, getting them between minus 160 and minus 165. Six half the Z total, very much juicy over. It is between minus 120 and a minus 125. So if you do like the under, you're going to be getting either even money or a little bit of plus price around, around a plus 105. And for the DK Nation write-up, I'm going to be going with the under. I think that with the added rest, that is really going to be able to help out these pitchers. These are the these two bullpens are really going to be more rested in this game than they have been darn near the entirety of the season because even the MLB All-Star break is pretty much as long of a layoff as they have right now in this game. So that's going to be able to help them out for the Phillies. You got some less than trustworthy relievers, not going to lie. They're a bullpen that really since the All-Star break, if you take a look regular season and postseason, they rank at the bottom five in the National League in terms of VRA. They have been better here 
in the postseason. And I do think that the key for the Philadelphia Phillies being able to get length out of Aaron Nola. I do think that my under sort of correlates with some of the pitcher props that we're going to be seeing. Like for the Philadelphia Phillies, the over-under of the outs prop that we've got for Aaron Nola is 16.5, and, and it's Justin Verlander at 17.5. Both of these have juice of right around minus 120 on DraftKings. I would say shop around for the best number, but... I do like both of them to go over their outs props. I think that both of these guys are going to be going six strong. As for Aaron Nola, he has been super on the road. A little bit over a three ERA during the regular season. It was approximately a three. He had a little bit of a tough go of it when he went up against the San Diego Padres. But all in all, has done a nice job of folding it down on the road. And as a matter of fact, one or fewer runs, so one or zero runs allowed in 10 out of his last 15 starts, including a start against well, these very Houston Astros. Six and two-thirds innings, scoreless. That was actually the win that clinched a Philadelphia Phillies spot into the postseason. So he did it in a big spot against Houston once before. And for Justin Verlander in that very series, he was able to go out, I believe it was six innings scoreless, they pitched against the Philadelphia Phillies. So both of these pitchers have success against one another. And I do think that the biggest thing that this layoff did is that it's going to cause these Philadelphia Phillies bats to go a little bit cold. I do think that they're going to need a time or two through the order to be able to get lathered back up and get back into form as for the Philadelphia Phillies, really the hottest player on planet Earth that is not necessarily one of these pitchers is Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper here in the postseason hitting above a 400, five home runs. You can tell that coming off of the injured list, he wasn't himself. For Bryce Harper, for 35 games since he had come off the injured list, he was hitting below the middle's line of 200, with three home runs, he is right now proving all the doubters wrong, doing a really solid job of being able to put back to ball for this Philadelphia Phillies team. And then past that, Gene Segura has been able to move the line. But I do think that for the Phillies, you're going to need a little bit more towards the bottom of the fold. You're going to need something out of someone like a Bryson Stodd and Alec Bohm. Both of these guys are in 200 or less here in the postseason. And for the Houston Astros, it's been the exact opposite. You need a little bit more out of some of the top guys than what you've been getting because the bottom guys have been able to come through. Chaz McCormick, he was able to do a really solid job in that Yankees series. He hit that home run in which I'm pretty sure it was out at absolutely no other ballpark rather than Yankee Stadium after you heard Aaron Boone have a little bit of words when it came to the Houston Astros opening and closing the roof, and then Chaz McCormick goes deep over the short porch, which I thought was absolutely hilarious personally, and, and sometimes the way that the cookie crumbles, but for Jordan Alvarez, he did not look sharp in that series against the New York Yankees, was still able to reach base a few times, but he really did all of his damage in that Seattle Mariners series, those two big home runs that he was able to pretty much crush the soul of Seattle, so we're going to see if he's able to get back into form, and then Jose Altuve. He went 0 of 25 to start the postseason. He's not got a hit in three out of his last seven at-bats. You'd hear all the people while he was in the funk saying, oh, he needs his buzzer back and everything like that. Well, I don't think that he has a buzzer, but you got to figure that Jose Altuve is going to hit better than a 0-94 in the series, much like he has done here in the postseason. But I really think that the X factor here for the Houston Astros, it is a guy like a Jeremy Pena. Three home runs. He had that big home run in the 18th inning in that win over the Seattle Mariners. So I do think that he's going to be able to come up big in this spot. He's been hitting above a 300. Yuli Gurriel has been hitting above a 300 here in the postseason. Alex Bregman as well. So these guys have been able to deliver and and just take a look at those three being able to come through for the team. I think that's very big when you've got a bullpen that literally nobody in this Houston Astros bullpen all throughout the postseason has an ERA above a 225. All of these guys have delivered as during the regular season. Brian Bray, Ryan Stanek, Rafael Montero, all these guys have been able to supply a sub-250 ERA. Along Seth Martinez as well. Martinez, someone that is a little bit more infrequently used, but he's been able to do a tremendous job all season long for the team. And the Phillies just don't match up with that. But what the Phillies have are, I would call it three guys that you're able to really rely upon. David Robertson has had a sub-250 ERA all season long. He had a little bit of a tough time of it in the postseason. You may recall game five against the San Diego Padres, walked a pair, and then Ranger Suarez had to come in and had to close out that game. But he's been able to do a solid job. You've had Sir Anthony Dominguez since he has been able to get into the postseason because coming off the injured list, you could tell that he wasn't necessarily 100% himself. But since the postseason has started, he's looked solid. And then Jose Alvarado, he's been able to do a solid job as well. He's been able to really turn things around. He was 
absolutely terrible towards the beginning of the season. Let's call it what it is. And then the other ancillary guys like an Andrew Bellotti, Connor Brogdon. These are not bad arms. They're not necessarily terrific arms. And if there is one arm that I just take a look with the Philadelphia Phillies, then perhaps this will be a live betting spot. Fading Zach Eflin, because Zach Eflin, he has been coming out of the bullpen here in the postseason, began the season as a starter. He has, here in the playoffs, allowed four runs at six and a third innings, including that home run against the Atlanta Braves. Now, credit where credit is due. Last four appearances, he hasn't allowed a run, but something that I always take a look at is these starters when they come out of the bullpen in the playoffs, and these are typically guys I like to fade. As much as he became a punchline this season because he became the turkey tosser himself, he was just giving up runs upon runs for the Washington Nationals. What Patrick Corbin was able to do for that Nationals bullpen should be celebrated, and it's one of the most Herculean feats that you're going to see out of a pitcher because in having talked to Josh Towers in the past, who typically during the baseball season, he does absolutely amazing work for us, a former MLB pitcher. It takes many, many weeks for a guy to go from being a starter to coming out of the bullpen and vice versa, t- turning a reliever into a guy that you're able to stretch out and become a starter. And for a guy to do that at pretty much a drop of a hat and be able to pivot in that way is nothing short of impressive. So that is something that I think is very important to take a look at. And I will say for Zach Eflin, he was able to get a little bit more experience of that in season. Really didn't make any starts really since the beginning of the month of July. But that said... A lot of that is because he was on the injured list as well. So I do think that that's a little bit of an issue that you've got for the Philadelphia Phillies. Meanwhile, with the Astros, they just have significantly more depth in general, which is why I do think that they're going to be able to win this series in six games. I'm taking a look at just what we're going to be getting in this series. I do think that the Phillies are actually going to be able to have a relatively solid opportunity of being able to leave Houston with a split. I actually think that Zach Wheeler coming off of a day of rest, he is probably going to be undervalued against Farber Valdez. I really can't give you anything for game two until we know the numbers come out because you can do your best to make a blind stab at it and everything like that. But always keep in mind, you are betting numbers and you are not betting teams. This would not be a spot where I'd be like, oh, bet the Phillies no matter what. If the Phillies are like a, a favorite in that spot, obviously the value would be gone, but most likely we are not going to be getting that, but I always do want to take a look at that. And then I know a lot of people have made a lot out of Justin Verlander and the fact that he's had a little bit of a rocky go of it in the World Series. Overall for his career, north of a five-year in the World Series, these are starts that happened very, very long ago. I don't put a lot of stock into that. Now, the one thing that I do put stock into for Justin Verlander, he did have a rocky start against the Seattle Mariners, giving up six runs in four innings. But you take a look at Verlander as a whole, buck 99 ERA, 0.7 home runs, give it up per nine innings. I referenced it a little bit earlier, that last start that he had against the Philadelphia Phillies, being able to deliver a really good start on that front. I think that both of these guys are going to be firing all cylinders. As a result, my DK Nation pick is on the under in this spot. If you have a little bit of trepidation with that, and if you're looking for a little bit of a player prop, Aaron Nola and Justin Verlander at 16.5 and, and 17.5 and outs, respectively. I like them to go over. I think that both of these guys go six-plus innings. And then when it comes to the side, I like the Astros in this spot. I'm willing to lay up to a minus 178. So minus 160 to minus 165. It's getting lofty. I typically don't like to lay this big in numbers when it comes to the money line. I do think that in the World Series, you got to be playing it a little bit closer to the vest. Would not want to get crazy with a run line or anything like that. So just going to be taking a look at the money line. And coming up next, we're going to be talking about this week's UFC fight card with Spencer Kite, who does a good job with severe MMA here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today. 
at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get in on the action this season with Hulu Plus Live TV, NFL football extravaganza. Compete for free for a share of $55,000, and you've got two ways. Predict what will happen in three college football pools, and then you're able to make your picks for eight fantasy NFL contests. Head on over to DriveKings.com slash Hulu NFL now to play for free. Hulu Plus Live TV, like cable, only better. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions, they do apply. See DriveKings.com. For details, as we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network, we are being joined now by Spencer Kite. He is a freelance MMA writer, which you're able to find his work at Severe MMA along with UFC.com. And Spencer, always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. It is great to have you aboard. And we've got a nice fight night card that's coming up. It's certainly not what we had in Abu Dhabi last week, but that said, I do like it. But first things first. Really the biggest thing that we're seeing in combat sports is this Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva fight. Anderson Silva, no doubt a guy that you've seen quite a bit in the octagon. Now he's going to be taking guys on in terms of boxing against Jake Paul. What is just your overall takeaways in this fight? Because I think that these are just really hard to gauge when you've got a lot of guys like an Anderson Silva. Now we were seeing it with Woodley a little bit earlier going up against Jake Paul. And Jake Paul... By no means is he some sort of a schlub of a fighter. Certainly not going to be on like the level of what we were seeing with Floyd Mayweather back in the day or anything like that. But obviously very interesting and in my opinion, just tough to gauge in general. Yeah, it's it's hard to discredit Jake Paul at this point, right? He went out and he knocked out Tyron Woodley last time with a beautiful shot. Beat him in the first fight as well. And now he's taking, I know it sounds weird to call the 47-year-old man, step up in competition <laughs> but he's taking a bit of a step up in competition right like even if you you don't want to give anderson too much credit for beating fellow mma veteran tito ortiz in his last appearance he did well against julio caesar chavez jr like that that's a good win that was a legitimate win that that we all sort of sat back and it opened our eyes and so this one's fascinating to me i've been reticent to get on on board with these and and pay too much attention to them, but this one has even my interest. So that's all. I mean, that's what that's what this is for. That's what it's been about, and and it's mission accomplished at least with me. Yep, and I know that there are so many people that they want to poo-poo it and everything like that. It's like, oh, this isn't real fighting or anything like that. I'm not here to judge what is slash is not real fighting. I'm just here to say people are entertained by it. And isn't that the basis of all of sports in general to be entertained and have a good time watching these fights. And that certainly has happened. So I'm in agreement with you there. And I think that this is going to be an interesting fight card as well as we've got a little bit of a fight night going on here. And I think that this is the most interesting fight on the card as you've got Andre Arlovsky is going to be going up against Marcos Rogio de Lima. And right now with Arlovsky, he opened up very, very small underdog right around like plus 105, plus 110. He's up to plus 215 in a lot of spots right now. And I'm just not sure where this line move is coming out of. Certainly, I didn't think that he should be the favorite. But now that he's gone up to north of $2, I think that this is almost just a play on principle. It really is. And, and that was my thinking as well. I mean, I almost thought he should be the favorite. I mean, he comes in on a four-fight winning streak. And even if you want to say, fine, two of those are the last two are split decisions. 
and they're probably both sort of debatable split decisions. At least he's been active. At least he's been out there getting victories. And, and Arlovsky over the years has really changed his game and tailored his game to being a guy that will go out there and win two rounds on two cards is really what he's looking for. If he wins all three rounds, great, but he's not going out there looking to get into extended, extended exchanges and big, long, drawn-out fights. He's looking to go out there and win decisions. He's tucking his chin a lot more. He's got more variety in his game. And I just think you look at the, the recent results, to me, if you're getting that plus money on Andre Arlovsky, where at that, given those results, I have to play it. I just have to. I can't, I can't look away from it. A fellow old head going out there on a four-fight winning streak at good plus money. It's absolutely worth a play to me. Yep, I am right there with you. I just think that it's ridiculous that we've seen this much of a line move because I honestly thought, like, minus 125, minus 130 at first, all right, this is a relatively correct line, and then it just completely shot up. So we are both sort of in lockstep there, and then I think that this one is interesting as well because we've seen the round prop go down from 2.5 to 1.5 as it is Justin Jacoby going up against Khalil Roundtree. Roundtree about a plus 145 to a plus 155 underdog, and... I do think that this is an appropriate move because with Roundtree, it feels like he's one of those guys in which he's either going to knock you out or he's going to get knocked out himself. You just don't know which one. Where you take a look at here because it seems like you're taking a look at some of the plus money just finishes in general to try to make a little bit of extra buck on this fight. Yeah, it's it's finish or be finished with yep. Khalil Roundtree Jr. And you look at the last couple fights and, and that for me is what has me leaning. Just to that, you know plus 250, plus 260 range of him finishing the fight. Seven of his 10 career victories are inside the distance. All but one of his UFC wins are inside the distance. The last two are vicious second round stoppage wins. And if he's locked in the same way he was earlier this year against Carl Roberson, he's a threat. He's an absolute dangerous threat against Dustin Jacoby, who has looked very good since coming back to the UFC, going 6-0-1 over his last seven fights but isn't necessarily a guy that's going to go out there and, and power through you or really be super technical, super defensive. And Khalil Roundtree Jr. has proven he needs one shot. That's it. Land one and you're hurt and he's finishing. And so at good plus money north of, north of plus 250, it's just too tasty to avoid. Yep, I do think that you've got some relatively good value there. And then I've always just, for some reason, been drawn to Treshawn Gore. He's going to be going up against Josh Freeman. And with Gore, you're getting him right around about a plus 130 to a plus 135 in the round prop. It has one up. It started out at one and a half with very heavy juicy over. Now we've got a two and a half with a little bit more juice on the under. Where do you stand on this one? Because I think that Gore sort of has a lot of upside. He hasn't necessarily been able to put it all together to this point. But I think that this could be a little bit of a coming out party for him. And we've seen the betting market actually back him here. Yeah, he's struggled thus far. He's 0-2 in the UFC coming off of the Ultimate Fighter where he had advanced to the finals of, of season 29 when he came back a couple seasons ago, suffered a knee injury and wasn't able to compete on the finale. Did fight that season's winner, Brian Battle, the guy he was supposed to face. Lost that fight by decision. Was really inactive in that fight. Didn't throw a lot. Came out in his next fight. Looked good until he got knocked out. And so this feels to me like just a battle of two guys, neither of whom have a victory in the UFC yet, both of whom have shown a little bit of upside. And I'm I'm just going to play the Treshawn Gore side of things because of the power, because of the upside, as you mentioned. I think he's got a little bit of that experience under his belt now, a little bit of the jitters out of the way. He sort of knows what to expect on Saturday night going through the process, and we'll see if we can't get a win on with plus money on him. Yep, absolutely. I think that that's one of the more fascinating fights on the card because I do think that Gore, once again, he's got upside, just has not been able to put it together yet in the octagon. And this is going to be the fight of the night. It is Calvin Cater. He's going up against Arnold Allen. And it's a relative pick em fight. Allen, a small favorite between minus 115 to a minus 125. And round prop, very much the over. They're thinking that this one is going to be going to the judges' scorecards as the over on four and a half rounds is between minus 140 and a minus 150. This is one of the toughest ones for me to call. This is a relative pick em fight. And I do think that that's relatively correct. Do you have any sort of a play in terms of the main fight that we're going to be seeing on Saturday? 
I tend to think it's it's pretty close to that pick'em as well. Calvin Cater is a very established guy in this division, cemented himself in the top five, even though he's coming off a loss into this fight. But to me, this is sort of a little bit of the upside play of Arnold Allen, right? Twenty-eight year old kid, nine and zero in the UFC, eleven fight winning streak, and let's just see if he can go out and beat sort of the established veteran, get that fight to go forward. I think he is. I think he has more paths to victory on Saturday night. I think he's a little more well-rounded and do a little bit more out there. And to me, it's, it's just a straight play on Arnold Allen to win. I know it's, you know, not plus money for the people that are looking for real value out there. But to me, you look at sort of the other side of it. You look at the finish bet, you look at the, the decision bet as well. You mentioned the, the overline is at, at um, negative money for, for four and a half rounds which means most people think it's going to a decision. Well, you can get the decision bet at plus 220 or in that range. And so to me, something in there is is sort of the way to go with this because it is a pretty close fight and you're not really getting any value betting either side to win. Yep, absolutely. And I'm glad that you pointed that out that you don't need to get plus money on absolutely everything because if you think a fighter is like, 70% to win if you're laying minus 130. That's a really, really good return on investment. Meanwhile, if you think a guy is 25% to win and you're getting only plus 125, there's really no value there. But Spencer, there's always value whenever you join me here talking some UFC. Always do appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Great to be able to get Spencer Kite aboard. You're able to find his work at SevereMMA and UFC.com for his bylines as he's a freelancer over there for both of them. So... Great to be able to talk a little bit of MMA. And coming up next, we're going to be shifting our gears to college basketballs. We're a week and a half away from the start of the season, so you're getting another conference preview, and it's going to be a big conference next here on VEASAN Esports Bank Network. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. The basketball season has tipped off in the NBA and in college basketball a week and a half away. And the VSIM Pro Basketball Betting Guide has you covered with all 30 teams. Our hoops experts, including John Von Tobel, provide strategy and advice as well as predictions for conference winners, win totals, player awards, playoff teams, and so much more. We've also got five betting tips for those that are beginning NBA bettors. Give yourself an edge this NBA season. Get the VSIM NBA Betting Guide by becoming a VSIM Pro subscriber. Sign up now for just $79 and you're able to get access to everything that we do all the way through the Super Bowl. You're able to sign up today at vsim.com slash subscribe as we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIM, the Sports Bank Network. A big thanks to Spencer Kite. You're able to find his bylines on SevereMMAUFC.com. He does some work as a freelance MMA reporter and writer. He does an amazing job whenever he joins this show as well. So big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. And now I mentioned it. We are very, very close to the start of the college basketball season. I'm, as a matter of fact, I'm in the lab during the nighttime making my power rankings, making my opening night lines for a lot of these fights. So we're all ready and we're getting gassed up there. And I've been trying to give you as many previews on this show, just taking a look at the great game of college basketball tonight. It's not quite a, and I air quotes here, power conference because it's really the power five in the in the college football realm, along with the Big East. But that said, this is one of the more powerful conferences in all of college basketball, one that sent four teams to the NCAA tournament as we take a look at the Mountain West tonight. And the Mountain West has, in my opinion, a relatively clear number one. That'd be San Diego State. San Diego State, they made the NCAA tournament last year. Anyone that took San Diego State in the NCAA tournament, I raise my hand. I am one of them. That was relatively grody what we saw against Creighton. But what I think is really big for San Diego State this year and a reason why you're seeing them in the top 20 in terms of the initial polls and why I think it's very much warranted is that all of a sudden, Matt Bradley finally has some scoring. San Diego State, number one team in all of college basketball last year in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. This team was able to do an absolutely magnificent job on that side of the ball. Problem for San Diego State is they could not throw the ball into the ocean. This team was not very good in terms of just being able to put points up on the board in terms of a point scored on a per-possession basis. They were 247th. You know how you fix that? You bring in a gentleman by the name of Darion Trammell. Trammell, 
he was able to do a very good work last season while he was over at Seattle. Seattle, by the way, was actually a team that was also in the top 30 in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. He was all-whack defense, so this is a perfect fit for the San Diego State team. You now have a Robin for Matt Bradley, who was able to put up north of 16-plus points per contest for Tremel. 17 points, shot about 34.5% from three-point range. He's able to give you five assists. He's able to give you two and a half steals per contest. He steals per contest. That was in the top 10 in all of college basketball as well. A picture-perfect fit for San Diego State. Nathan Menza is back for about his 500th year of college basketball. He is one of the ultimate defensive stoppers in all of college basketball. I recognize that there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be jaded on the San Diego State team and really just the entire Mountain West because Mountain West, they were able to put all those teams into the NCAA tournament. They had as many wins to show for all those teams as I had in the NCAA tournament, and I am currently a schlub sitting behind a microphone, which means that I had zero. So that's not necessarily too terrific, but with the Mountain West, I do think that they are back with a little bit of a vengeance. So we're going to see some shakeups. The biggest question marks that you've got to have are with Colorado State right now because Colorado State, out of all the teams that had NBA draft decisions, they were the biggest losers because they lose David Roddy. Rowdy Roddy was able to go off for 19 points, seven and a half boards, three assists per contest, shot 44% from three. But now you also compound that with Isaiah Stevens being out of the fold. Isaiah Stevens is still with the program. Don't worry about that. You didn't miss anything of him like declaring early for the pros or anything like that. But what you did miss if you were counting on Isaiah Stevens being out there Night number one is that he is out indefinitely with an injury. So you got to be taking a look at that. He's dealing with a foot issue. He's not expected to be playing until 2023, which means that he might not even be good to go in terms of conference play. And that really puts the onus on a lot of guys that you might not expect for Colorado State. John Tone Jay had some of the biggest home and road three-point shooting splits. They're going to find in all of college basketball. Shot over 40% from three-point range at home. Sub 30% from three-point range on the road. That is not necessarily too terrific for the team. And with Colorado State, Nico Medved, one of the best coaches in all of college basketball. That I think it's a little bit shall we say, unspoken about as well. When it comes to this entire conference, you've got some very good coaches. Nico Bedvet is someone that I've got very much high praise for. Boise State and what you've been able to see out of Leon Rice, I saw Brian Dutcher is able to do a nice job as well. Steve Alford, not so terrific there. We'll get into his team in a minute, but man, it's been a little bit rough on that front for, for Colorado State. They're going to be relying upon someone by the name of Patrick Cartier. He is someone that is six foot eight. He comes in from Hillsdale College, and you're probably wondering, why are we talking about a gentleman from Hillsdale College? Well, at six foot eight, shot very nearly 40% from three-point range with over 20 points, right around like six to seven rebounds per contest. Couple of assists. He was able to give you a steal and a block per contest. If you needed him to sell hot dogs at the hot dog stand, he was able to do that. He is going to be instantly a big part of this offense as a result of everything that we saw with Roddy declaring for the NBA draft. Isaiah Stevens most likely being out of the fold end. Who's going to be that main ball handler is a little bit of a question mark as well because they did lose in the offseason Kendall Moore as well. You figured that he was going to be the number two guy for this offense. As a result, with currently having Isaiah Stevens out of the fold, you don't have a single player that returns from last year for Colorado State that averaged more than one assist per contest. That is not necessarily what you want to find there. Now, they did bring in someone by the name of Josiah Strong from Illinois State. Not necessarily a tremendous passer, but someone that's able to put the ball in the basket. So that should be able to help them out a little bit. But without question, you've got big-time question marks with them, and you've got big-time question marks with Nevada as well. Nevada is a team that you're probably going to want to fade towards the beginning part of the season because it came out about 24 to 48 hours ago that they've got a few transfers. They're dealing with injuries, and they are not going to be set for the upcoming start of the season. Hunter McIntosh, he comes in from Elon. He was able to score about 13.5 points per contest. He was expected to be starting in the backcourt for this team. He is not going to be good to go for the beginning of the season. As a matter of fact, he's out three to four months to start this season, so we might not see him at all. That is far from terrific. Michael Fullerin, he is coming in from Eastern Washington. He's a six foot eleven big guy that I didn't think was going to see a lot of minutes to begin with. He's on the floor for the first two months of the season. You now have to rely upon Jared Lucas, who 
He put up 11.5 points per contest in the Pac-12. Problem is, that was for an Oregon State team that literally won three games last season. He needs to dominate the offense with Grant Shurfield being out of the fold. This could be a very good, very not so good Nevada team, but the one team I'm looking at with regards to a lot of upside and they were making quite a bit of money last year, that would be New Mexico. The Lobos, they were very, very good, especially towards the beginning of the season. As a matter of fact, 17-11-2 against the spread. That was right around a 61% cover rate in New Mexico. They were able to do it out of conference. They were able to do it in conference. And this is a team that they turned down for absolutely nobody when it comes to they're just high-octane offense. You had to combine about 35 points per contest out of their top two scores. This is a name that's going to sound a little bit familiar for you, but it is the son himself, Jamal Mashburn Jr., and then you've got another guy that has some NBA ties as well in Jalen House. So you've got these two guys going off right around 35 points per contest. House was able to give you four and a half assists per game, and the front court is going to be a little bit more solid as well. That's really what held back New Mexico from really being able to bust out and being able to give you even more value as they brought in a few guys via the transfer portal. They were able to do a good job of being able to recruit some size as well. So I do take a look at this bunch, and they should be able to help out a Mountain West that really was good out of conference. We're all taking a look at the Mountain West, and we're saying, oh, these guys couldn't do anything in March. There were only three teams of the 11 teams in the Mountain West that covered fewer than 53.9% of their games out of conference last season. That'd be Nevada, who they were nowhere close to making the NCAA tournament. UNLV, a team that had a brand spanking new coaching staff. By the way, you want to be noting Isaiah Cottrell, who is transferring in from West Virginia, was a starter at West Virginia last season. Has some size. He is transferring back to UNLV. Looks like he might not be good to go for the start of the season. Keep note of that. And then San Diego State. They went 5-7 and seven against the spread, but you had five different schools from the Mountain West cover at least 60% of their games out of conference. So in comparison to expectations, Mountain West was able to exceed them last season. And with the Mountain West, always note that other than really New Mexico, they're sort of zagging while everyone else is zigging. You've got a lot of teams that they're going to be playing a relatively slow tempo. San Diego State, they are certainly one of them. And with San Diego State, one of the top teams in all of college basketball in terms of points a lot on a per-possession basis, as I mentioned earlier. As a matter of fact, how many teams do you think played more overs and unders in the Mountain West last season? One. There was one play, one team, and that would be Utah State. That's because they had 17 overs and 16 unders. This was the best team to the under, or the best conference to the under and all of college basketball, headlined by Air Force and Colorado State, both playing north of 63% of their games to the under, with Air Force being your biggest slug out there. Now they lose their top scorer in A.J. Walker. Expect a lot of rock fights out there in the Mountain West, and we've got to be taking a look at something that rocks instead of Rock Fest. That would be World Series Game 1. Coming up next, if you missed what I was doing out here earlier in the hour, I'm going to be giving you guys my World Series Game 1 picks, and on top of that, we're going to be taking a look at my Circa Millions card, give you guys what I like for this Sunday in the NFL. Next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days. 
but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. The basketball season tipped off last week, and so did the promotions over on Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is a place to go for the latest lines, odds, and unique promotions like our weekly same game parlays. If you place three or more same game parlays in the same week, you're able to receive a free $10 basketball bet during the months of October and November. Go to betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app today, as it is a whole new game. It is the final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. If you are watching slash listening live, well, coming up next, you're going to be getting a replay of the Greg Peterson Experience. If you are looking at a replay, well, for that, you're going to be getting Follow the Money next, 4 a.m. Pacific Time, 7 a.m. Eastern, Mitch and Paul. I'm sure that they're going to have a lot to say in terms of what we all got in terms of Thursday Night Football, turning it forward to what is going to be, in my opinion, a really good weekend of football. It's going to be a weekend that is going to be involving the World Series as well. So we've got no shortage of things to talk about, and that leads us into what we've all got here. I'll give you guys what I dish out for the World Series in a few minutes and be recapping that along with my DK Nation pick. But if you missed it in hour number two, did something very rare in terms of my Circuit Millions card. I actually went with the Thursday Night Football game. So you've got to check mark 1-0 on this one with the Baltimore Ravens. I took them plus 2 as we all saw. They got the job done against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But I'll take you through the rest of my card. Here's what I've got for this weekend. Says Greg Peterson Experience. It returns if you're out there on the East Coast Monday at midnight. So we shall see how this goes. We are guaranteed to not go for an offer, but... I went with, for my four plays, the Titans, the Seahawks, the Packers, and the Browns. We'll first go with the Browns. They were getting three and a half on the contest line. You're now seeing this at a plus three. This is all due to the Jamar Chase injury for the Cincinnati Bengals. And I do think that with the Browns, they should be able to do a solid job in this game. They've been dealing with some injuries along the defense. No question about it. When you have someone like a Miles Garrett go through the car accident like he did a few weeks ago, that hurts you a little bit, but... I do think that the Browns, they should be able to do a solid job against the Bengals team that they're going to be without now, without Chase. That means that T. Higgins is going to need to step up for the team a little bit. And Nick Chubb, averaging nearly six yards per carry, he's been able to do a very dynamic job on the ground. Meanwhile, for the Bengals, I think that they're going to be reeling a little bit with this injury, having to go on the road, cover a field goal on the current number, north of a field goal, if you're getting this on the contest. I do think that that is going to be quite problemsome. And for the uh, Bengals credit where credit is due. They have been able to right the ship a little bit more, but a lot of their games, they've been a little bit more harebrained in general. This has been a team that hasn't been able to get out of their own way just due to the turnovers. Bro has been significantly better since that week one calamity that we saw against Pittsburgh Steelers, but that said, would like to see a little bit more out of Joe Mixon averaging just 3.3 yards per carry. They're going to need to lean on him a whole heck of a lot more, which Jamar Chase out of the fold, and I don't know if he's going to be able to deliver. So that is going to be play number one for me, and then taking a look at the Tennessee Titans being a two-and-a-half-point favorite against the Houston Texans, and Really, for me, it just comes down to I don't think that it would be too much of a downgrade if you do have Malik Willis playing this game. Now, I think that Ryan Tannehill is still going to be getting the start. I think that it would be very surprising if he does that, but with Malik Willis, we saw some flashes from him in the preseason. You would like to see a little bit more than just the preseason alone, but that said, I think that they're still going to be in good hands against the Houston Texans team, in which Davis Mills has been a little bit up and down just because he doesn't have a lot of guys that he's able to utilize and are able to help just take the load off of him for the Houston Texans to spend a defense that has fought hard. And I do think that the hire of Lovey Smith meant that this team was just in general going to be very scrappy, very gritty. And I like Damian Pierce, who's been able to give the team nearly five yards per rush ever since they've been giving him the bulk of the carries. He's been able to do a good job, but 
Leader in receiving yards, Nico Collins is out dealing with a little bit of injury. That's troublesome for the Texans and for the Tennessee Titans. Even if you don't have Malik Willis out there, we've been seeing Derek King Arnery getting back to his old form at the Titans. They have allowed 22 points or fewer in all but one of their games thus far this season. I think that they're going to hold down the Houston Texans. So that is going to be a play number two on that front. We're going with the Packers catching 11.5 points in play number three against the Bills. Currently, the number itself, if you're looking to bet it, you're finding this more around an 11 with the Packers. I don't think the hook makes too much of a difference in this ordeal with the Packers. Just a buy low spot on Aaron Rodgers. I do recognize that the Packers have some injuries. David Bakhtiari and the way that he's been banged up really the last two seasons on this line, it is tough, and this is a Bills team. I think that they're the top team in all of football. I think that putting any other team uh, over the Buffalo Bills at this point right now, not saying that they will be at the end of this season, but right now they are clearly that top team. But when it comes to the Buffalo Bills, I think that they're going to need to account for the Packers ground game. I think the big thing for the Green Bay Packers, utilizing Aaron Jones along with along with just their other complement of halfbacks as well is going to be very important for the team. A.J. Dillon is a little bit more of a bowling ball style running back for the team. And getting Jones just the ball on the backfield I think is going to be key. And I think that Aaron Rodgers going to be able to get things turned around. This isn't quite the ordeal of Tom Brady because Tom Brady, he's 45 years old. And while 38 is still relatively old, it's still a case where I think that Aaron Rodgers has a lot of ability. We've seen him not really turn the ball over too much. I think that he's going to do a good job of keeping the Packers in it. And this Packers defense has come under a little bit of scrutiny. I still think it's relatively solid. I think that they're, at the very least, going to provide a speed bump for this Buffalo Bills team that it still feels like they need to utilize their halfback in Devin Singletary a little bit more, though. They've been doing a better job in recent weeks, so that's another play. And then we wrap things up with the Seattle Seahawks, laying three against the Giants, where the Giants, an incredible start to the season. Brian Dable, he should be your coach of the year right now. No offense or buts about it, but a guy that should be in that conversation as well, Pete Carroll, what he's been able to do with Geno Smith. The Seahawks have had their best game of the season when they went against the L.A. Chargers, Punch him in the mouth. Got up 17 to nothing in for the Giants. Saquon Barkley has been incredible. But if the Seahawks are able to do that once again, that would cause the Giants, who have had Danny Dimes only throw for six touchdowns this far this season, become a little bit more one-dimensional. This is a Giants wide receiver core that, other than perhaps the Chicago Bears, is the worst in the NFL as it stands right now. You've got Darius Slayton being one of your top guys. And for the Giants, we've been seeing some guys on that defensive front be dealing with some injuries as well. So that does hurt them a little bit. Meanwhile, with the Seattle Seahawks, they've been able to have a little bit of time to gel after we saw the uh, Jamal Adams injury really hurt them a little bit. And the Seahawks, they're really finding themselves on that defensive side of things. So I was willing to lay the three with Seattle in one of the best environments, in my opinion, in all of football, the 12th man for Seattle, I think is going to be out in full force and also going to be out in full force. Those that love baseball as on Friday, we've got Game 1 of the World Series, and my DK Nation write-up is going to be involving the total for this one as it's 951, 952 on the board. Philadelphia Phillies are on the road facing off against the Houston Astros with Justin Verlander going for the Strohs, and Aaron Ola going to be going for the Philadelphia Phillies. I wrote up the under in this spot because I do think that Aaron Ola, he is going to be super for the Philadelphia Phillies in this spot. Last time he went to Houston, six and two-thirds innings scoreless against this very Houston team, and that was a game that the Phillies needed to win in order to get into the playoffs. If you go back in time about four or so weeks ago, the Philadelphia Phillies were competing with the Milwaukee Brewers just to be able to get that final wildcard spot. OF times have changed, but they needed that big start, and he was able to deliver. And for Justin Verlander, I recognize that the one run that he gave up in six innings against the New York Yankees, it was a case of which it was not necessarily the world's greatest start as good as it appeared to be on the box score because he had two men on second and third in the top of the third inning, but he was really able to settle down from there and for Verlander between the regular season and the postseason. Buck 99 ERA, 0.7 home runs per nine innings surrendered. I do think that this layoff that we've seen, which has been a little bit befuddling by Major League Baseball, it's going to cool down the bats on both sides for the Philadelphia Phillies. You do have Bryce Harper, who's been hitting above a 400 with five home runs here in the postseason. He's been the hottest hitter on planet Earth, but... I do think that for the Astros, they've just got a little bit more depth in general. You've seen guys like Alex Bregman, Yuli Gurriel be able to hit above a 300 for this team here in the playoffs at Jeremy Pena. Trey of home runs, including that home run in the 18th inning 
against Seattle. Chaz McCormick has been able to set up. That gives the Astros the edge, in my opinion, in terms of the money line as well. We'll be diving into that a little bit more in a second, but also with the Astros, they've given up three runs of the bullpen over the last 33 innings. That has been incredible. And for the Phillies, bullpen has been suspect, but you're able to count on guys like David Robertson. You're able to count on Sir Anthony Dominguez. So I do think that the trustworthy guys come out. If you're looking at sort of player props, you've got Aaron Nola at 16 and a half outs, Justin Verlander at 17 and a half outs. I like them to both go over. I think that this is going to be a great pitcher's duel. So it sort of correlates with the DK Nation write up of the under end. I also do like the Houston Astros on the money line, and that goes into the VSIN Pro tip. VSIN.com slash subscribe for all these. We give one out every single hour. Take a look at the implied odds in terms of your bets because sometimes laying a number like I'm going to be doing with the Astros at minus 160, it lends very good value. If you think a team is 70% to win this game and you're getting them at minus 160, tremendous value. Just because you're seeing a plus in front of the number doesn't mean that it's great value. Like if you think a team is 25% the win, you're only getting them at plus 140, no value there. So I think that that's important to keep in mind and something that always provides value is follow the money as it is actually going to be not Mitch and Paulus. I believe it's going to be Sean King and Dave Ross filling in right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network, 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern. Check out the VEASAN store for the latest and greatest in sports betting fashion. We have more than 40 shirt designs, including our most popular one, Cash and Tickets is what it's all about. You'll find VEASAN shirts and hats for any occasion. And they're all made to order, so you can find the right design, so you can find the right design, so you can find the right design, so you can find... From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.